0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. Mr. Pop.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. The Audible on this Monday night, KT, Ben Warner joining you uh, real fast. Quick shout out to our GM, Nelson Lozano, who's recovering right now. So we want to give a quick shout out to uh, Nelson, wish him speedy recovery, and hopefully he'll be back with us very, 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 very soon. Ben, how you doing tonight, buddy?
0: I, I, I am ecstatic. The Kansas City Chiefs have finally fallen. Um Tom Brady, which was awesome to see last night. Um, As I talked about earlier today, I absolutely hate the Chiefs. I despise them. Even though I dislike Tom Brady now, um, I am very happy they won. Uh, It was very hard to watch that Super Bowl because I didn't want to root for Tampa Bay, but I ended up rooting for Tampa Bay in the end because I did not want to see uh, the Chiefs win again.
1: Well, let's talk about that game for a little bit because this is a football show. and. You know, we're gonna talk about the other league. You know, you know the SFL's the big league, and NFL is kind of small minor league team, minor league league. Um, Kansas City looked outmatched from the very beginning. It looked like Pat Mahomes had no idea what was going on. Taylor Bay's defense was just running all over a field. It just it was overly dominant to the point where I was like, something's really, really wrong with Kansas City because they looked they looked terrible last night. Yeah,
0: they did. Um, they absolutely got out coached on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, going into this game, the Chiefs, I think, were missing, obviously, Mitchell Swart, um, and I think someone else, too, on the O-line. Um, it might have been mm-hmm. three players, actually. And the, Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense took advantage of that all night. I, it felt like every time Patrick Williams dropped back, he was under pressure. Uh, and you look at that, and... I mean, he made some amazing throws even when he was under pressure. Uh, his receivers couldn't come down with the catch. But uh, he he looked like Michael Vick out there trying to elude the pressure. And um, I, I thought Todd Bowles did a great job with the two high safeties. They really played, I think it was 82% of the game, um, and that's the most by a team this year. And if you look at that, they shut Tyree Hill down, uh, which is the long ball, and it really – cause the Chiefs to kind of change their game plan in a way they're not used to. They can't run the ball either, so you know, the Chiefs can't. So you're basically just defending against the pass, and they just lit Patrick Mahomes up all night long.
1: Well, I think you made a good point how Bulls play those two high safeties. I feel like they were almost giving Kansas City those uh, passes, which they started kind of hitting late, but it almost Mm -hmm. seemed like they had a game plan and Kansas City did not want to deviate from that game plan. It's like at halftime, you're still in it. You could have made some type of an adjustment because Campbell was so dominant. And I feel like Kansas City just had this game plan like it's going to work, and it just never worked. I don't understand why no adjustments were ever made. Yeah, and I think
0: they kind of were using the same game plan they they used. it. Uh, was it week 12 or week 13 they played? And Tyree Mm -hmm. Hill had, like, 200 yards in the first quarter. And I think they were trying to do that again. But Tampa Bay did a great job. And the Patriots did this in 2018 against the Chiefs, really to take Tyree Hill out. Um, In the first half, they used that too high-safety look with uh, uh, McCourty and Chung um, and really shut down the Chiefs' offense for the first half. The Buccaneers were able to do it the entire game, which you don't see often against the Chiefs. And maybe... Uh, if you look at teams across the league, they they now have like a scheme to sort of attack the Chiefs uh, next season. Uh, it will be interesting to see if the Chiefs come back from this, uh, you know. But as you said, there was really no adjustments all game for the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to do. And if you look at the Buccaneers on their side of the ball, Tom Brady threw for only two hundred yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it, it it was basically the the defense that really carried them, and the offense could just Go out there and have fun. Um, there's one more thing I want to say. The refs absolutely sucked in the first half. Um, I think I might have wrote to <laughs> you about this. But, I yeah, mean, some of the pass interference calls were so ticky-tack. Like, I'd expect that maybe week four or week five in the season. But the Super Bowl, come on, man. The, like, the, the 60-yard bomb down the field, Dallas pass interference, but the one in the end zone on Matthew, what was that? The ball was 40, 40 yards over the guy's head. Like, that was my only gripe about the game. Uh, Other than the halftime show absolutely sucked, too. Uh, That was horrible. I didn't get that halftime show either.
1: Well, I didn't watch it. All my friends said, you got got to check it out. It's kind of cool. So, I I said I would check it out when I have some free time, which is hopefully hopefully never so I got to see it. Um, I will say this, though. Leonard Fournette, for all the hate that people kind of threw on him in Jacksonville, Definitely came to play. He did. and think about like oh, rock was in the league last year. Fournette was on a different team. Antonio Brown was doing whatever the hell Antonio Brown does. A lot of the guys <laughs> that were big parts of the game last night weren't even on the team last year, including Tom Brady. So it's funny how you have these 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 projects of these kind of castaways and Bruce Arians brought them in and now the Super World Champions.
0: Yeah, everybody that scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl last night was down on the Buccaneers last year. So it was Brown and Gronk um, and Fournette who scored all the touchdowns and Brady too. Um, So that was really interesting to see. Uh, But, yeah, it was – I wish the game was a bit closer. Uh, I was hoping kind of for a better game than that. But, you know, sometimes the Super Bowl doesn't end up that way. Um, So, yeah.
1: Yeah, Never that way. Um, All right, so enough with that other league. We're going to get to the real business. We're going to get down to business with the SFL. Uh, 516-418-5467 if you want to call in. Tell us your thoughts on week three. Tell us your thoughts about your team and how you think your team is doing so far in the SFL season. uh, 517-418- 516-418-5467. Ben, give us some scores. Let us know what happened over the weekend.
0: Yeah, so the week started off with The uh, Denver Nightwing – or the uh, Vultures traveling to the Denver Nightwing. Um, Denver winning 31-16. to The time of possession was really skewed here. Uh, Denver almost held the ball for 30 minutes, and Baltimore held it only for 15. Uh, Wigmore had a very tough game, only 263 yards, one touchdown. But if you look – Riley Quintero catching his first touchdown of his career, so congratulations to him. Um, Jared McChesney rushing for over 130 yards. Uh, The next game was Carolina at Florida. This is a close game. Uh, Florida won uh, 22-17. And and I thought this was the next game was the the, the funniest game of the week. Uh, St. Louis traveling to Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana continues their trash talk streak. Um, of losing, uh, they lost 19 to 14. I I, I hope they kind of get try to understand at this point that if you continue to trash talk and you continue to lose, um, you might want to change something there. Uh, looking at Houston and Lone Star, Lone Star losing yet again, um, but another close game. They were in it, um, losing 22 to 17. Uh, this game, the next game, Los Angeles uh, against Las Vegas. Los Angeles winning. 54 to 44 that's 99 points scored uh both offenses had over 500 yards Colin Pierce this uh threw six interceptions in this game um I believe uh who is it oh yes uh Ryan Yosef who uh, was our teammate last year had four interceptions in this game one return for a touchdown um so a huge game for him uh then Charleston traveling to Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls losing another game. Their third loss in a row. A very concerning outcome um, for Sioux Falls there. And their playoff hopes are starting to dwindle. I know they've, you know, come back in the past and made the playoffs at the starting 0-3. But this year seems a bit different. Um, Atlanta getting a big win in Queen City, 27-17. to um, Fort Worth uh, beating Tulsa 30-13. to uh, DC dragons uh, had a close one against Mexico City winning 34-31 uh, a great great outcome um, there for DC you know it's it still lost but they were in it the whole game um, and I think they, they did a great job on the road against that tough Mexico City team um, as an expansion team uh, London and uh, my uh, probably the shocker of the week uh, beating Arizona at, at in Arizona Forty-two to thirty-one, um, then uh, Vancouver winning twenty-seven to five. I- I'm not sure. I'd have to check with Cam here, but that seems like a scoregami uh, right there, twenty-seven to five. You don't often see that. I don't know if the SFL has ever had a score like that before. Uh, and then the final game of the week, Jacksonville beating San Diego. Uh, winning the San Diego team thirty-four to seventeen.
1: So I want to talk about the Portland game, first R game that you played uh, after the Super Bowl last night, twenty-seven-five. Um, Vancouver, for the offense that they have and the firepower that they have, I feel like you know th- there was a lot of. I thought like there was a lot of conversation that we were going to get smoked, because Vancouver's offense yep. is just so high-powered and just so quick. And they go up and down the field; they can score in a pretty quick instant. We kind of held them for a while. I think the defense got really, really tired, and I think towards the end, they got a lot of those points at the end because the defense got really tired. 27 points for a Vancouver offense, it's still a lot of points, but the alternative was like 58 points. So how do you think we did last night? Five points, let's be honest, three points offensively is not a great game. Uh, how do you think we did last night? You know, I,
0: I had mixed feelings about this game. Um, I thought the defense absolutely balled out, um, and you gave us on offense multiple opportunities to go out and score, and we just couldn't. Uh, you know, it was a rough night in offense, and I think we're gonna have to, you know, go into practice this week, working better, uh, practicing harder, looking at film. Um, you know, Mel does a great job uh, every week coming up with a game plan, and this week we just we just couldn't uh, do our job on the field. Um, uh, and we'll take full responsibility on that for offense because you guys on defense kept us in the game and we just couldn't get anything done. So uh, well, it was disappointing, um, I, I think there's some hope to come out of this game and it's good learning experience, especially against a great team like Vancouver. Uh, you know, we held them in check for a good while there. So, you know, it wasn't the blowout everybody was expecting. I know they got a couple late scores there, uh, but it was pretty close for most of the night and we were within two scores. I uh, won two scores for most of the game. So I was really proud of the way we went up there on the road, played our hearts out, uh, you know, but you can't win every game. So we're looking forward next week to uh, playing Fort Worth.
1: One thing I noticed is I think – I'm not sure if you kind of see the same comparison, but I remember last year we were in Chicago and you had E. C. King. And I was like Matt South reminds me a lot of E. C. King, how if Matt South gets into a rhythm. It's like clockwork, boom, completed pass, completed pass, if he's thrown off or forced to throw a lot, like we were down, when we got down, Matt South had to throw a lot. We saw that last year with E.T. King. E.T. King had to throw the ball more than 30 times a game. You knew it wasn't going to be a good game. You knew it would be some mistakes. And I feel like the same thing here with Matt South. Like Matt South, with a great running game, well, great running back in Ezekiel Love. I feel like you almost have to limit what Matt South does because when he's in a flow, is in a flow and it's a good balance. But when you're forced, Matt South, to throw a lot, I feel like that's when the trouble kind of occurs.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. And Ezekiel only had uh, average three yards per carry last night, 20 uh, carries for 60 yards. So Vancouver did a good job in stopping him and really forced Matt South to throw. Uh, the one concerning thing is uh, we saw a lot of short throws last night from Matt South. I- I'd like to see. Uh, see how he does in the future chucking the ball deep. You know, you saw last week, um, or the week before, um, it, it, he, he had three opportunities to throw the ball downfield. One, he hit a wide-open receiver who dropped the ball. Uh, then he underthrew Nelson. And then he hit Art Vandelay, who's wide open, deep, like 50 yards down the field for a touchdown. Um, I, I, it will be, he, you know, he just didn't get into that rhythm last night. And I think it's very important for him um, in the coming weeks to, you know, find his rhythm and really go through, you know, getting that through a game. Also, Ezekiel Love is going to be a huge factor in that. Um, you know, he struggled this week, but hope for a bigger game from him next week.
1: Yeah, but definitely def- shout out to the Vancouver. Their offense, you know, when he started clicking in that second half, it was just like it- – it was yep. a thing of beauty to watch. I wasn't all watching that offense against our defense and how – they just started moving down the field at this pace. So really, really great game to watch. Um, and good luck to Vancouver the rest of the season. Um, my game of the week, and we'll get yours in a second. I'm not sure. Lone Star Houston, and this is the game where I think I was watching the 11 sports. I watched 11 sports, and they did a buzz coverage of this game. So I didn't watch this yep, game. Well, yep. I watched the last couple minutes. And I literally, the last two minutes, jumped off my couch – like in excitement, scared my cat because he's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> this game was crazy in the last few minutes. I, Lone Star got down to the, the one yard line and spiked the ball. Like, oh my God, what's happening? And then they end up not, they end up getting sacked at the end. Yeah, they got This sacked. was the yep. game of the week because it was just like, it was insanity in that last like five minutes, span.
0: Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, they had the opportunity, uh, Lone Star, to. I, I, I saw the bonus coverage, too. Um, I was on FTF uh, and, and I saw it. And um, it was just a great game overall. And if you look at the second week in the row, they've really had to come back. Last week, they Carolina, they were in it till the end, too. Um, this week, it was even closer. Uh, I mean, they were at like the one or two yard line there. Uh, just couldn't, couldn't hold the uh, defensive line back. And. Uh, Ended up getting sacked, but uh, it was a great game overall. Uh, I would say my game of the week is Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas. I mean, you, you normally don't see a game like that in the SFL where the, uh, the whole total score is 99 points. Um, shout out again to Ryan Yosef, who had four interceptions. Uh, you know, but it was a great game overall. Both sides really you
1: know, played
0: well on offense. Uh, let's see, Colin Pierce threw for 410 yards. Five touchdowns, but through six interceptions, he really never went in this league. And and look at if you see John Blades, he had a hell of a game: fourteen receptions, three hundred and twenty-five yards, and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was catching everything. I mean, holy crap! Like they could, they did not have an answer for him uh, that entire game. But uh great game by both offenses. The defenses, I don't, I, were they even they even show up to the stadium because uh, other than Ryan Yosef, pretty much. The defenses where, you know, they disappeared. Uh, there
1: were defenses at all. A thousand and nineteen yards of total offense combined for Vegas yeah. and LA. Um, and, and for yeah. LA, Sully Ricks is in three hundred and fifty-two yards. Sorry, three thirty-two. I looked at five on my computer. Three thirty-two, four touchdowns. Robert Johnson, one hundred and seventy-three yards on the ground. So they had a really good. pass uh, yeah, had a great passing game. Yeah, he's had a really good year. as a rookie that came in with Chicago before they became the Likens. Um, we're going to talk about L.A. a little bit later about undefeated teams, but I, I am looking at L.A. as a legitimate threat to really make some noise and maybe be that surprise team that can make a big run through the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, well, what do you think it's too early to kind of give you that, or based on what you've seen, do you, do you kind of agree?
0: I think L.A. has a shot. Uh, you know, there's 3-0 and uh, so far this year. I think they've had a great team. I, I think the emergence of Robert Johnson last year, he started off pretty well, but then he kind of disappeared, uh, didn't do much for the last half of the season, struggled, couldn't run the ball at all. So I'm really happy to see that he's finally found his game and really making an impact. And as the offense, certainly. Um, defensively, too. I think they're very good. You look at Jack Hacksaw, Peanut Say, Rochelle Colson, Mar Rivers, Andre Krim. So they're a very tough team, and I honestly think they could win our division there. Um, you know, that I can't wait for the Vancouver game because that's going to be really exciting, Vancouver, L.A. Uh, it's going to be a huge game. Good decided
1: division, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, most likely. Um, in other games, Denver keeps rolling in 3-0. Um, Another win. And I say it every week, I feel like Denver is playing with a chip on their shoulder because of how last season ended. They had such a strong regular season, and it ended abruptly um, in the playoffs. They played Baltimore, defeated Baltimore in the first game of the weekend. And listen, I think there's a legit cause for Denver to be called. At this point, even though you have four teams total who are undefeated, Denver may be the class of the league at this moment. It's like everything is clicking for them. It seems like it, they just kind of keep running. They saw what happened last year, and they said it worked. Let's get better, and they did. Um, is Denver in that conversation to be that, that top-tier team of the league, or you know, do they have to win in the playoffs to really solidify themselves as like the class of the league?
0: Uh well, I think they do. If you look at kind of the points allowed, they've only allowed 23 points and that's the least amount of points allowed by defense of any team this 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 uh, year so far. Um they have scored 94 points. Their offense is doing well. Uh 3 and 0, but you know, honestly, you can win all the games you want in the regular season, but if you're going to lose in the first second round of the playoffs, I mean, that really doesn't do anything. So they're going to have to go make a very deep run into the playoffs, make it to the semifinals or even the championship for me to kind of, you know, say that they have, uh, they're going to be a top team. I mean, look, look at the Chiefs this year. Well, oh, they didn't make the Super Bowl, but actually take a look at the Steelers. You know, they start the season, what, 11-0, and 12-0, and everybody's like, oh, mm-hmm. they could go undefeated, and then they lost like the rest of their games. So, you know, it's pretty early in the season, I, I'm not saying Denver is like the Steelers because I think they're much better, but I, I'm not going to go down the road saying, "Oh, they're going to automatically win the championship because you know they start three and zero so
1: far." I I just I can't do that yet. And uh, I'm, this this is part womp womp for me and part shocking. St. Louis <laughs> remains undefeated. <laughs> they defeated. And it's the womp-womp want, want part. Louisiana 0-3, a, a complete shock on both ends. St. Louis being, you know, Louisiana being 0-3. Is St. Louis this good with Christian Brown at center? Or is it just... It's just a, I, I can't describe St. Louis right now. Like, I watched them play, and I'm like, I don't... Are they this good, or is it something else that I'm missing? I mean was
0: this their biggest margin of victory so far this year? I feel like every game has been within three points, you know, the first two games, and then this is only by five points. So they're honestly not beating teams by a lot. I think they're just getting, you know, not necessarily lucky, but they're getting the making the plays at the end of games that they need to. Uh, You know, they kind of should be two and one. Uh, I'm not trying to be biased here, but R62 had it in for us that first game. Uh, Mm -hmm. But um three and oh i'm excited for them you know they they've uh, they've hopefully found their quarterback here in christian brown um that's not going to leave after one season you know so but i think the most laughable part is louisiana and how they continue to trash talk every single week and they continue to lose like guys you you're, you're not doing anything like you can trash talk all you want but there's no meaning behind it if you can't win like this just, just just be humble for once, okay? Like it's it's kind of getting rid- ridiculous at this point. It's just laughable that they continue to trash talk and they continue to lose.
1: Uh, Johnny Pickler, twenty four, thirty five, two hundred ten yards, one pick, six interceptions. So that was definitely <laughs> the culprit. I definitely think St. Louis. They're three and out, and I feel like they they aren't winning by a lot. They're not blowing teams away, but. I think in our game, we're a little biased because that game was a little little, little sketchy at best. <laughs> yeah. But they definitely, like, kind of tough it out, and they kind of grind teams out and grind out their wins, whereas you see Denver kind of lighten up scoreboards, you see Vancouver lighten up scoreboards and blowing teams out. St. Louis is kind of just like, we're going to play tough defense. We're going to score when we need to score. We're going to, you know, mom, is going to make a catch when he needs to make a catch and we're just going to win these games. And I feel like it's a very different flow to how they win as opposed to a lot of other teams in the league right now who are, are 3-0, and 2-1. Yeah, and,
0: and one thing adding to that, uh, Reggie Streeter, 25 carries for 73 yards, average 2.9 yards per carry. I think teams have honestly found the scheme and the form to beat, uh, you know, Louisiana, stop the run. I mean, pick Pickle's going to throw six interceptions – you're not going to win. Stop the run, make Pickler throw. Uh, so, you know, Reggie Streeter was a great running back last, last year, but he hasn't done anything this year. Uh, that's wise. And, you know, that's just, I think that offense is trying to find their, you know, groove and identity, but they just have yet to find it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks, if they can get Reggie Streeter going, because if he doesn't get going,
1: they're, they're in serious trouble. And the last game I want to talk about for this week was the uh, Jacksonville-San Diego game. Tied at 10 at halftime, Jacksonville scores 24 points in the second half to go on to the 34-17, uh, 34-17 victory. Um, Christian Christensen, 43 of 451, three hundred thirty five yards, four touchdowns. Um, I like this game, too. I think I watched the, the end part after our game was over. And I like Jacksonville a lot. I think Jacksonville at 2 and one they're on that 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 next tier of teams in the league. You definitely have been that, uh, the Night the uh, night Wings. You have Vancouver. And I feel like Jacksonville goes where St. Louis and L.A. really is. They're right close based on how they play. What are your thoughts on Jacksonville so far this season?
0: Yeah, they they have a great team. Uh, Christian Christensen, 335 yards, four touchdowns. No interceptions. But, I mean, that's a great game. It, And he threw it for 84 – he had an 84% completion percentage. I mean, you can't ask anything else out of the quarterback. Uh, Jared Willis had two reception touchdowns. uh, If I'm not mistaken, they had six sacks in this game. Um, So that D-line balling out again. Uh, Hunter Norwood, the guy we talked about a lot last year when we were talking about stats um, on our show, had three in this game. So he's still doing well. Um, uh, San Diego – Javier Vazquez didn't have a bad game, and they finally scored a touchdown uh, after two weeks, of not only kicking field goals, getting one safety. So uh, that was exciting to see their offense you know, doing
1: something out there um, other than kicking field goals. So at this point in the season, we're three, uh, in week three. Um, I want to go from the bottom and talk about the top next. At the bottom, at 0-1-3, you have Louisiana, D.C., San Diego, Tulsa, Sioux Falls. Now, if you're 0-3, making the playoffs is going to be kind of a a tough haul from this point forward, but all these teams I just mentioned, Louisiana, D.C., San Diego, Tulsa, Sioux Falls, which one of these teams do you think could possibly make a run? Now, obviously, 0-3 is tough, like I said. Is there a team in this group that I just mentioned that could possibly make a run to a playoff spot and make, you know, (laughs) hopefully, have a back in the defense
0: awesome.
1: Nope. None? These teams are done. There's – DC's not making Wow. It.
0: San Diego – No way. No way. And Louisiana. Not, I said they were going to – they were my pick to at least make it to the championship. Uh, let me pull up their schedule real quick. They they are – they got the Swarm next. Then they got Denver. Then they got Las Vegas. They're not going to beat the Swarm. They're not going to be Denver, and they're not going to be Las Vegas. They're going to start the season 0 and 6. They're toast. Sioux Falls, same thing. They're they're not going to make the playoffs either. Um, you know, I like Du Falls as a team. I think they have a great operation there. Uh, let me pull up their schedule real quick. Uh, they, they might beat Mexico City. They do have Tulsa next. Um, their next two got Las Vegas. they is going to end the season. Uh, even Lone Star in there, and they might even lose to London too. Uh, I think London had a good game. So no,
1: none of those teams will make the playoffs. Wow, Ben Water making a ruling right there. Now to the top, <laughs> we have four four remaining undefeated teams: Denver, Vancouver, L.A., and St. Louis. Of those three, I'm sorry, of those four, are we in agreement that Denver is the best? of those four, or do you think Vancouver has an argument to be the best team in the league right now? Vancouver has an argument. Vancouver does have an argument.
0: Um, uh, Let me just pull up statistics real quick. Um, uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, Vancouver averaging 345 yards in the air. Uh, Denver's only averaging – 240 yards in the air. Uh, Denver is obviously leading the league in rushing, but Vancouver only five spots behind. Uh, I mean, if you look at the total yards per game, Vancouver is uh, outbeating them. Um, They've thrown more touchdowns. Uh, they have pretty much the same on third down conversions. Uh, turnover differential is better for Vancouver. Um, I would say that perhaps, you could make an argument that Denver's defense is a bit better. Um, But I don't know. uh, Louisiana has allowed a decent amount of yards compared to Denver. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think that offense for Vancouver is much better uh, compared to Denver so far. So far, that could change. You never know. Uh, It's only week three, so teams uh, could, you know, end up deciphering what Vancouver's doing and make plays and um, kind of stop them. But for right now, I think Vancouver's the better team.
1: All right. And right now you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams at two and one. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So one, two, three, four, five, six teams at one and two. So there's a log jam smack in the middle of the league right there. Um, you know the team. I really think it's gonna be weird to say this because they've always. Oh, I've been watching the league, watching the league. They've always been that team. I was like, oh, it's London. London's two and one, and I feel like there's a new <laughs> at, there's a new environment in London. I feel like things seem to be clicking. They got their kicker. Things seem to be on board. Uh-huh. London might be that surprise team in this whole in this whole situation. I'm calling it now, I think London's made the playoffs with ease. Oh. Okay.
0: Well, I, I'm going to say something here on the picture. uh and this was pointed out last night. You, Tim Hackett is a game. they put their cat face into, you know, old linemen?
1: Uh, they don't
0: even have a fullback either. I do like Useful. Some people don't agree with me on that. But that's okay. They don't need a. They don't need a generic kicker, and they have the best offense in the league. Looking really good. That change in um, kind of their, you know, upper on of staff has really, helped, especially with GM. It's a lot. Compared to at their core five, they do game. They also.
1: Oh wait, Ben! I think we're losing you a little bit.
0: I think you you're going
1: in and out a little bit. Are you there? Ben, what are you there? All right. Well, Ben kind of figures out the um, technical issues. And like I said, I think London might actually make the playoffs this year. I think, you know, at this point, you, you, we have a fan. You look at London has a team that's always kind of been in the bottom looking up. There's been some things going on, with ownership and things like that, and coordinators. I really do feel like, London may be that team that will make that run. And I think going to London is a great environment. It's a good stadium. It's a good team. I feel like they're gonna make that run. London, Atlanta, right now, two and one, they'll be two and ten. Atlanta, I think they're gonna make their run. And I think they're always gonna be in that conversation for a playoff spot. I also think that, you know, you see Baltimore kind of up and down a lot this year. I think Baltimore make that run. So I think those are the three teams that, for me, I would look out for. London, Atlanta, and definitely Baltimore. I think we got Ben back. Ben, you there, bud? Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you hear me now? I can hear you now perfectly. So, what were you saying about okay, London? Okay, awesome. What were you saying about London?
0: Yeah, I was saying that they've done a great job with uh, their upper echelon of management, bringing Chad Rowland in as DM. And really changing the culture there, and it's definitely bet considering that they fired their coordinators five minutes after a game last year. It's going a lot better this year. So, you know, looking at the schedule, they're facing Baltimore this week, and no one really loses, uh, no one really beats Baltimore in Baltimore. But they do have some ga- winnable games, and I and I think you're right; they have a
1: great chance of making the playoffs. The other team I mentioned while you ducked out. The team that was supposed to go 2-10, and ten, the Atlanta Swarm, um, they're <laughs> currently 2-1. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and Listen, I said it. I don't think you can count Atlanta out. I, the 2-10 and ten prediction, a little, little out there. But I definitely think they kind of found their footing a little bit. I think, you know, with Dynasty at quarterback, with BDG at running back, I thought you cannot count this team out from a playoff spot. I, I still think that to this day, and that was a team I watched when I first started watching the league, when they won a, when they won a title. So, that's, this has always been a team in my head. Like, that's, that's a team that's really, really good still.
0: Yeah, they're good. Um, but they got a lot of tough games ahead of them. So, they're going to have to play really, really well. Um, they obviously got Louisiana at home this week, which I think Atlanta's going to roll in that game. Um, but then they go on the road against Jacksonville and Carolina back-to-back weeks. And then they have Baltimore. The Lycans and the Nightwings at home, oh, at their home games, but they're still tough opponents. So uh, you know they could maybe get in at seven and five, six and six, but definitely they're not going two and ten. I don't know. And and, and there was also a prediction made uh, by that same person that Los Angeles was going to go two and ten or three and nine. That that was mm-hmm. that was out of the world too. There uh, because Los Angeles is definitely definitely
1: not going two and ten. Yeah, so I want to talk about – right now you're – I believe you're picking 58% on your predictions. Yep. How are you doing that? <laughs> because I, I, I don't want to make predictions on our Inside the League um, Discord because I'm terrible at them. And it seems like mm-hmm. you're picking up like it's – it's, it's got to be an art form at this point because you're just on top of things at this point. 58%, that's enough to win some cash in Vegas
0: yeah uh so I, I went six and six this week. It was a bit disappointing on the first day I went two and four uh but coming in Sunday I went four and two, which was nice to see um to be honest the the scores that I put on the predictions those are just for fun, kind of making it realistic yeah. uh the team I pick um I, I look at stats and stuff like that um you know I look at their opponent who they're playing, but most of the time i I'm just going in there th- thinking who i'm gonna win uh who's who's gonna win I'm not not. Some of the time I do look at stats, and some of the times I don't. I just, I just make a guess, um, and I've been fortunate enough to have over 50% of them correct so far this year. I think the league has done a bit better than me, but uh, yeah, it's been exciting just to see. I, I always love making predictions for games, so um, hopefully I do a little bit better this week, but uh, like I said, I can't wait till gambling may be part of this thing because we can bet on some games, <laughs> maybe, and see how that goes. Well, I-
1: I'm gonna t- that's the next thing I want to talk about because you're doing so well with predictions. And if you watch the games on, te- on television, Twitch, they have the over/under on the right side, they have the spread on the left side, and those over/unders are like either really off or really on. I think the over/under for our game or- last night was
0: was it 59? 59, yeah, that was way and off. A half. Way off. And I was like, yeah,
1: what, where, where it was? Vancouver gonna score like forty five, and we get like uh, that was yeah. a high. I feel like some of the some of the over unders, the spreads are a little better, but those over under numbers are crazy sometimes.
0: Yeah, a lot of the time it's like in the high fifties or sixties sometimes, and I, and I'm just kind of confused by that. But um, those guys do it, you know, a good job with the spread and stuff, and it's really exciting to see. I, I'm not sure how that stuff works, but it's really cool to see someone doing that within our league um, because. Obviously, that's done in real life for, you know, regular sports. So, you know, credit to them for taking initiative of doing that. Uh, but, yeah, that I was really shocked that it was 59 points. I mean, the spread was, I think, 10.5 uh, for mm-hmm. Vancouver, which was correct in the end. Uh, but the over-under was a bit high for that game, <laughs> considering how well our defense had been playing um, the previous week.
1: Uh, I also think that you you're 58%. It could be higher. I think it's getting more difficult to pick teams in this league because of the parity. And I feel like with yeah. so many teams at two and one, so many teams at one and two, you're seeing and this could be this could be that switch to in the difficulty in the settings. There's a lot more parity and there's a lot more evenness. The games are a lot more exciting. We talked about Lone Star, Houston. The games are a lot closer. The games are a lot more exciting. And you don't go into every week with the exception of maybe like one or two games, knowing who's going to win. You honestly have an idea that every single game is going to come down to that fourth quarter. And when you get to that fourth quarter, it becomes a crapshoot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of games have been really close and that's exciting to see because no one wants to blow at every game. And I think on all pro uh, you sort of got that when a team is down it is pretty much over, but now the, the team that's down by, you know, a couple of touchdowns, actually has a shot to win. I mean, last night we were down for most of the game, but it didn't feel like we were out of it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, looking at the games this week, for me at least, Baltimore and Denver, that was kind of a pick for me. Uh, I just chose Baltimore mm-hmm. in the end, but I, I was swaying back and forth. The same thing, I was really disappointed that I picked Louisiana. I thought, I thought, I was... Uh, I was either just I, I was really close on picking St. Louis, but I just thought Louisiana might might come out this game and actually beat them, but that didn't happen either. Um I thought Los I didn't think Los Angeles and Las Vegas was going to score that many points. I don't think anybody <laughs> did. uh and, and and London obviously made me guess wrong. Um thought Arizona was going to blow them out, but that didn't happen. So, uh and and DC too. Uh, I thought Mexico City was going to beat them by a lot, but they didn't. So,
1: you know, a lot of close games, and it's exciting. Uh, good for the product. And looking ahead to this week, uh, this week's action, game of the week has got to be St. Louis hosting Vancouver. Um, you have two undefeated teams to each other. You have Vancouver and their high-flying offense against St. Louis, your defense, they're grinding it out. I know it's Monday. I know you don't make your your choices yet, but – in this game, what what are some things you're looking for besides Vancouver probably just throwing the ball all, all over the field all four quarters? I do
0: want to see if Vancouver can run it. Uh, I think Robert Redford is a great running back, but he needs to get going. I thought we did a great job this week of kind of stopping him. Obviously, we couldn't stop the pass game. But St. Louis needs to come out to a fast start. They need to... Throw the ball downfield. Christian Brown needs to come out have a clean game. He can't throw many picks or they're screwed. Um, you know, St. Louis can't always be betting on the games that are close that they're going to win every time. So they need to get out to a big lead um, because they're facing a high-powered offense. Uh, and they're going to have to play well on defense. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to stop them. But, you know, if anything, you know, they did a great job last week against Reggie Streeter. Um, you know, I think they could come up something there uh, with a game plan to stop uh, Kendra Hall and Brett Killian, perhaps, um, and finally hand Vancouver their first loss. But I do not think St. Louis wins this game. I got Vancouver winning
1: 41-20. 41-20. Okay, so 41-20. The other game I'm curious about um, is Arizona-Denver. Obviously, Denver's undefeated. Um, Arizona two and one. Um, I talked about this after week one, and how Arizona went toe to toe with Baltimore, and uh, and although Arizona lost, they showed that you know what they're going to be a force in the league this year. I feel like this is another game where Arizona can make a statement, and I'm not talking about a statement as in, sorry, Arizona's one and two, not make a statement as in lose, but make a statement. has, we're going to go and we're going to beat the undefeated 3-0 and Denver team. Do you think it's time for Arizona to make that step up, or do you think Denver might just be too good, not just for Arizona, but for the league itself right now?
0: Uh, I don't know if Arizona's ready to take that next step yet. I mean, last week was Game, you need to win. I mean, it's a home game against London, and losing that game really sets you back. If they win this game, then it, it's great. They get the momentum. They're beating a great team and Denver. Uh, I'm not making a decision till the end of the week on this year. Uh, this this game, um, <laughs> I I don't. I'm very unsure on this game yet. I, I do like Denver. I'm kind of leaning towards them. But I think Arizona has the ability to really come out after this loss and uh, Ashley Jackson throw a couple touchdowns and win that game for them. Uh, but it's it's too close to tell for me right now. So I I, I will be making that pick either Friday or Saturday afternoon uh, before the game start.
1: Uh, the other game that many people will be watching will be Atlanta versus Louisiana. Atlanta 2-1. and one. Like I said, they're going to make a run. Just waiting for it to kind of go on a streak of – You know, three, four games in a row wins. Louisiana, Mm -hmm. 0-3, they need to get their stuff together. This is the time for Louisiana. And I know you said all of those 0-3 teams, they're done. They're shot. But if Louisiana has any hope to make a run late in the season, this is where it needs to start. It needs to start at Atlanta, and it needs to start with Johnny Pickler not throwing six interceptions in the game.
0: Yeah, he can't throw six interceptions, but... And how, how do you stop that from happening if they don't have a run game? I mean, they're going to be chucking the ball downfield. Um, so I'm looking in this game. Reggie Stryer needs to have over 120 yards, 25 yards, a uh, couple touchdowns. He needs to have the game of the year so far for himself. I mean, he needs to come out, run hard, run play physical. Um, and, and Louisiana's defense needs to play uh, a bit better. I know they played well last week against St. Louis, but... Uh, you know, they're going to have to have a big game against BDG Hollywood, uh, one of the best running backs in the league. you can stop him, get Reggie Shooter going, kind of not so much force Johnny Pickler to, you know, chuck the ball down the field, um, I think you got a great opportunity to win. Um, I will make my pick right now. Um, Atlanta's going to win 31-16 to or 31-17. I'll say 31-17 Atlanta. Uh, I do not think Louisiana goes in and wins this game. Uh, I think Reggie just knock. You know the scheme against him so far this season has been great. I think Atlanta copies
1: that from these teams,
0: Uh, and I just don't think Louisiana can get that
1: offense going again. So you already said Louisiana is going to go down of the five winless teams in action this weekend. You already said Louisiana is out. They're not going to win. Do you think any of them will get their first win this week, just based just based on first glance? Obviously, it's Monday. You're still kind of kind of working out what what your picks are going to look like. But, but early in this week, do you see any of these 0 3 teams winning their first game of the season this year this weekend?
0: So it's San Diego, DC, Tulsa, Sioux Falls, and Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. I don't think DC wins. Uh, San Diego's on the road against Carolina. That's going to be a loss. Uh, uh, maybe Tulsa at home against That's Queen City. That's the one I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking yeah, about Tulsa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Queen City, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of hype around them because apparently they've won the most NFL championships, uh, but I don't really see the hype on their team. Um Uh, I think Tulsa has the opportunity to win. I'm not making a a certain pick on that. Uh, Maybe Sioux Falls against Mexico City? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Uh, I'm not sure about Sioux Falls. I don't think Sioux Falls is going to win this game, but hopefully they surprise me. Uh, But uh, I think Tulsa, out of those teams, has the
1: best opportunity to win. And L.A., they travel to Florida to take on the Storm. I like L.A.'s team a lot. I, I like I, offensively. I'm not talking more. Obviously, their defense is great. But offensively, they have that balance that every team in the league looks for. <laughs> you have Robert Johnson. You have Sully Richardson. I feel like the balance and the offense they have, that's the balance you have to win championships. And I feel like they have that already in three games. And I think this team – it exists last year. This is, this is a new franchise. So it's very interesting to see this, this new franchise almost, you know, the, the, the bones of what was left of Chicago. But I really do like L.A. winning this game going 4 0 and maybe running away with the division at some point.
0: Yeah. Uh, I picked against Florida the last two weeks, um, and they've won those two games. <laughs> I, I I think I'm going to go with Florida this week. I think I might have learned my lesson. I'm not just Los Angeles in any way because I think they're a great team. But Florida at home, I, I'm leaning towards Florida. haven't made my decision yet, but I don't know mm-hmm. if I could pick against them the third time. Maybe third time is a charm, and I finally get the opposing team right beating them. But, uh, yeah, the last two weeks,
1: Florida has uh, – made sure my pick has been wrong for their game. I think what Florida wants you to do is to pick against them again. And they'll probably win again. So I think that's the goal for them is to get Ben Warner to pick against them and they'll win. Um, I'll talk about our game a little bit. We're going back home to face the uh, Fort Worth Toros. And we talked about this a little bit. I think defensively you're starting to see the fleet kind of come together. And you're starting to see the run, like, teams are still able to kind of throw the ball down the field a lot, but I feel like anything underneath the running game, everything is kind of closed in. I think offensively mm-hmm. this is going to be the week where you're going to you're going to have to see Matt South start throwing the ball down the field. And, listen, if you throw the ball down the field, you get them to play a little further back, that opens up running for Ezekiel Love. So I think this might be the week where you might see Matt South and that playbook kind of open up and things just explode for the offense. Well What are your early thoughts on um, our game this weekend against Fort Worth?
0: Yeah, you got it. You got to open up the playbook for them. Um, this offense, I don't know if stagnant is the right word, but it, it didn't do anything last week, and we need to play better out there. It's uh, receivers, running backs, uh, tight ends. Uh, Nelson had a great game, too. Uh, shout out to him. Um, had th- six receptions this week, uh, but Fort Worth, tough team. Uh, they only allowed Louisiana seven points. They got a good defense. Um, this is the week. This is the week where we got to go out there um, and show the league why, you know, the Ottawa Cavalry receivers should be feared. Um, and that starts with Matt South throwing us the ball and we'll make the plays um, if the throws are there. Um, so, and Ezekiel Love, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a big game for him this week. He's kind of been shut down the last two weeks. Um so, hopefully he kind of finds his stride back again. Offensive line needs to play much better. Didn't give him any room to run this week. Uh, so, you know, it will be interesting to see uh, what Mel has game
1: plan, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so far this season, is there anything that has surprised you about this season so far? Once again, we're only in week three. You know, we talk a lot about how the difficulties change and how you need weeks and weeks of games to really figure it out. But is there anything – from what you've seen, that really kind of surprised you, or is there anything that you're like, wow, that really happened?
0: Uh, I, I think the one of the biggest surprises to me is the puncher in the San Diego game last week, who who muffed the punt, or or the punt went over his head, and then he got tackled in the end zone and fumbled it again. Somehow picked it up and ran <laughs> like over fifty yards down the field. But then the penalty because someone illegally blocked in the back mm-hmm. and didn't need to at all and kind of took that away from them. That was one of the most shocking things. But it, it, I think the biggest thing to me is how close these games are. Um, you know, I think it's gotten a lot closer in comparison than compared to last year uh, where teams were just blowing out uh, road teams, where now it's the Road teams actually have a shot to win and can keep up home teams. So that 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 was an important change to this league. And, and you know, there's only there was only like three games that were over like ten or more points uh, this week. So or three or four games. Uh, so that that's great for the league because you're going to have those games that you can put on the bonus coverage. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, and I hope Cam's listening. Um, I hope that the Portland game. A bit earlier this week, like at two, maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon, instead of ten o'clock. Please, uh, please, that was very late. Please, please. That was please. yes. Please have an early game. Please, I'm begging you, uh, because I can't keep staying up till till eleven o'clock at night every week to watch. So um, that's a shout out to Cam right there. Let's please have an early game uh, for our sanity. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those that that's I think that's the biggest key to me is the close post-games that we've seen all
1: season my biggest shock honestly and when it started i had my doubts about it because i was like oh, it's, it's a lot of moving parts the pregame shows the halftime shows the mm-hmm. pol- those in like the first week obviously you know first week you work out the kinks it's been flawless the last two weeks. And I know Camel's on after week one and we talked about it and how and and, and, and talked about how much work it really is to get that done. It almost seems like it's just like him and eight other people running it. It's just him. It's so crisp, it's so clear. It is really, really good. I like the, 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 the in game updates. I like the halftime shows and the interviews. They hit on something really big and I'm happy that it's happening now. Especially You know, on 11 sports when I'm watching on Saturdays on TV, it looks, it literally looks like you're watching an NFL or NBA or MLB coverage on Fox. It looks really good. It's seamless, and it's 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 been a really big big improvement to the games. Where it's not just the games. There's something else. There's some uh, there's some adjacent programming. So it's been really awesome to see that.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. And that's another reason why I want an early game, um, because I do want to see that kind of halftime show um, during our game and kind of the you know, cut scenes that they do uh, with score updates and stuff that obviously I don't blame them for not doing at 9 or 10 o'clock at night because that's way too late to do those, uh, and I don't blame them for that. So that's why that's probably the biggest reason why. I'm hoping for an earlier game this week so we can just have that halftime show because it's a really great, great idea and great thing that they've done so
1: far. Yeah, it's been really, really awesome to watch. Another thing, awesome to watch, our new website, Simulation Football League, the new website. I love the design. I, it, it looks, it's very clean. It looks awesome. Our podcast, right on the front page. I like that. So it's mm-hmm. it worth the wait. I know they said it was going to happen before the season started. It's a couple weeks late, but. It was definitely worth the wait. I really like this website and how it really looks right now as I'm on Yeah, I would agree with you.
0: Yep, I I think they've done a great job with it. It's cool that they have, um, like, every single podcast up there, whether it be Access, AJ Stryker, um, and even uh, Brian uh, Craven's uh, Coach's Corner. So they've done a really good job with that, and um, I like the team kind of, ticker at top where it has every team's logo. It's like the NFL website where you can just click on a logo and brings you directly to that team website. Um, So yeah, great job. I know it took a little while to come out, but that's okay. Uh, You obviously want the best product and best website that you can have possible. Um, I think he said mobile, the mobile website on your phone will come down, uh, come out a little later on down the line. I think they're working some kinks out with that. So um, but it looks really well done on the computer so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a great job, and the league just continues to grow. And hopefully one day we'll be on ESPN on, like, you know, ES- hopefully ESPN2 start because like ESPN, they have, like, all this other weird program. ESPN2 is yeah. what we should be in. So hopefully one day we'll be up on ESPN2 killing, killing the game right there, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, right. it'd be really cool to see us on TV. Yeah, I would, I would love that. All right, so that's our show. It flew by. It's like an that was like an hour. It flew by. Ben has always. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, no problem. Hopefully you go. Hopefully you go better than five hundred this week on your on your on your selections. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, they should be up by like
0: Friday or Saturday again. Uh, like I did last, last couple of weeks. So yeah, thanks for having me on again. Um, I love doing the show here. Um, keep it going. Um, yeah. And, and uh, again, I just want to say one thing. Um, I know what happened with Nelson and everything. I hope he makes a full recovery and, uh, you know, he's, he's supporting us and, uh, we're supporting him and we, we hope, you know, uh he gets better soon um, because we definitely miss him, miss him on the show and uh, can't wait to see him come back and also the Friday show too that's uh, going to be I think out for um, not going to be on for three weeks so we'll definitely miss you mm-hmm. Nelson um, I know you were in the locker room last night it was great to kind of hear you and that you're doing doing better um, but yeah I hope you make a full recovery
1: soon man yeah definitely and, You know, we, hearing him in the locker room last night really kind of Definitely lifted some of the spirits of the guys and knowing that he was there with us last night. So it was definitely good to hear from him. Um, Definitely full recovery, and um, he'll be back soon, a couple weeks, better than ever, GM Nelson, so shout-out to him as well. For Ben Warner, I'm KT. We'll see you next Monday night here on The Audible. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.